You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Shakespeare to Schwartz, from Fosse to Alvin Ailey, from Sondheim to Borellis, from McNally to Fay, it happened to the greats, it still happens every day. When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know. When lightning strikes, where you're meant to go, you can stand and shout Eureka, do whatever you like. You'll never forget the moment when lightning strikes. Hi, this is Gerald Brunner, and you're listening to When Lightning Strikes, where we talk about the tingly, mic drop moments that led you to becoming an artist. Mitchell Winter currently plays a little boy in wolf play at MCC Theater, written by Hansel Jung and directed by Dustin Wills. The play, which had a sold-out run at Soho Rep, is presented by MCC Theater in collaboration with Mayi Theater Company. A graduate of Yale School of Drama, some of Mitchell's other credits include Dracula, The Importance of Being Earnest, and Mr. Robot. Welcome, Mitchell. How are you today? Gerald, hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well, how are you? I'm good, good. It's such a joy to have you on the show, especially since I just love Wolf Play so much and it breaks your heart and it's funny and it's it's so many things, this play to me. I mean, that it's about family, it's about connections, it's about love, it's about uh, a child who's looking to belong. Can you talk about when Wolf Play came into your life that and what you thought of it? Sure, yeah. Uh, Wolf Play came into my life actually a couple of years ago. Um, I knew Hansel. We had worked together before. Uh, we went to school together at Yale, actually. Um, and uh, I'd done a couple of workshops of the play. And I remembered, I remember the first time reading it, I was like, what is this? This is so interesting and cool and weird and such a amazing way to frame a story like this um, in this way. And, but didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what it would look like. And, and so the, the early rehearsals, were the early kind of workshops are really just kind of playing around and, and um, you know, 
seeing what it was, uh, trying to figure out what it was a bit. And, and it really wasn't until um, uh, the Soho rep when that production happened that I kind of jumped on board fully with, um, with the piece and, and got the chance to kind of uh, go through a full rehearsal process on the show and 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 then that's really where we we collectively kind of found our way of telling the story what I, how would you describe it because i was in trying to figure out how i could describe it and i thought well maybe i'll let you <laughs> describe it for people who might not have seen the play how would you, what would you, if somebody said, what is it about? Because you almost don't want to reveal too much because the element of surprise is so profound. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a tough question to answer because the the, the play is about so many things yes. and, and exists on, on a number of levels. Um, I think uh, the one way of talking about the play is describing how Hansel came to write it, which was, Yes. You know, she read an article uh, years ago about these Yahoo groups and Facebook groups where people would uh, put up kids that kids for adoption it was essentially like a black market for adoption. So, you know, people would um, uh, adopt a child and then decide that it wasn't working or they didn't want it, so they'd re-adopt or re-rehome. And not to speak too much for her, but in she she read that story and it affected her a lot and, and wanted to write about it, but wanted to write about it in a way that uh, was uh, dealt with the material in a way that people could watch it and um, care about it or, or 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 see it in a, in a different see it in a, in a new way, I guess. Um, but but so essentially, the play is about a, a Korean boy who is adopted and then re-adopted essentially and uh the story is told though in a in a in an unexpected way there's a character who i play who runs through the whole show who is uh who uses who um speaks as the boy but then is kind of like a custodian of the story if you will uh a yes. Uh, it's hard to describe, uh, yes. you know, this, he, he's a little like a narrator, a little like an MC, a little like the boy himself, a little like, um, uh, the, yeah, the thought, the thought bubbles of the boy, you know, um, the voice of the boy. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's, and it's kind of really fluid. It's actually not yeah. specified what the character is, um, you know, so that's, that's also, I think people read, see the show and, and kind of come away with a different kind of idea of who my character is and how he how he fits into this boy's life and in the plays in the life of the play. Yeah, I he you play so many iterations of this character, yeah, you know, and in different scenarios, you're weaving it out. And I mean, it it opens or close to opens where here you are, a little boy adopted child from Korea being what's called rehomed uh, uh, family you know, decides that it's just too much to have you and finds a fa another family via a Yahoo message board 
and this poor mm-hmm. child is being dropped off. And what's so profound is that you, the child is a puppet, right? Who you play with and you imbue him with so much humanity, so much sensitivity, your heart is breaking for this child. And sometimes I had to say, oh wait, it's a puppet because you give him so much life. And then there are moments where you put him away and you yep. you're kind of jolted and thinking, oh wait, but this is a child. You know, I in my mind, yeah. you became that child. And it was it's so profound. I right. I wanted to read something that in the New York Times, um Naveen Kumar wrote. He said, Winter's double feet as an energetic narrator and a sensitive puppeteer is so nimble that the boy often appears to be a separate living thing, endearing one moment, Mm -hmm. a terror the next. Mm -hmm. And I thought that really encapsulated. (laughs) That's so beautifully written. You know, that you are are a terror and then you're the most lovable child. And I think, my God, to create that from a puppet, you know, an adult, you as an adult, creating that in a puppet. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many things. The, the puppet was incredibly uh, well designed and made by Amanda, Amanda Villalobos. Uh, and it's, it's brilliant the way it's kind of been put together. Um, there's that side of it. I had an amazing... Uh, lady Lake Simons, who uh, was also on the production, who was a puppet puppeteer, who gave me some kind of coaching and guidance, and really, really like a a, a, set, uh, a guardian angel for me on the show because you know prior to the show, I'd never really worked with a puppet before, so it was really a really a uh, baptism of fire, and uh, th- those Lake just taught me so much and helped me so much with it. Um, so there's the, there's there's the there's these people around me that help me a lot with it. But the, the I think what's amazing about a puppet is uh, there's something about a puppet that we we see and we endow and we 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 give so much. Um, we just we just go with we our Im- imagination just kind of um, goes there and and very quickly so quickly actually it's it's incredible how quickly we as humans can can. Uh, imbue an object essentially with so much meaning and character and humanity. And so, you know, it's a, it's an, it's a collective action of like me doing things to make it happen, but also Mm -hmm. like the audience's imaginations taking the leap and, 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 and jumping there. Um, And in terms of like how I had to kind of move between the things, you know, it says, I mean, you said the review said nimble. I think there is like a real fluidity between, the two, me and the puppet, and 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 that kind of fluidity only comes about you, when you think about children and kids. They have such a uh, they they go from from crying to laughing to scared to okay so quickly, really instantly, and it's so fluid. And I think that you know, for me personally, I had to have a certain a real childlike sort of uh, openness, open-heartedness, to be able to just 
basically rebound or yo-yo between two different things and then also become there's something about them that they that I, I go between the two things and then also kind of become one with the two things as well um uh so and it's a at the beginning it was incredibly incredibly challenging but but uh it's so fun and rewarding and surprising and it, it's a, it's a lot of things and and i feel such a, an attachment to to the puppet you know well, yeah it's astounding to me that you haven't had puppet trailing before this so how did you get cast i know you said you and hansel were yeah, work together or knew each other from Yale, but how did the casting yeah. happen here? I mean, because I think it's hard enough to be an actor and then to add this whole other layer of introducing a puppet and making this puppet so lifelike and being so nimble with it and having right. emotions via that puppet. You know? Right. I think, uh, you know, Dustin and... Hansel have had a lot of faith in me um, and I'd worked with both of them before. So they knew my, what I could do to some degree. Um, they knew who I was as an actor a lot. And, and, you know, there's parts in terms of the wolf character. I needed to have that sort of the wolf side of the character, but then I also needed the boy side and the puppet side. And um, uh, I think I'm quite a physical actor. I, I'm a lot in my body when I'm doing things. And, and, uh, I think that that naturally lended itself well to the puppeteering work. And, um, you know, I, I was drowning a lot at the beginning with it, but, 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 uh, you know, to re actually it's to, to, before I started rehearsals, I was trying to work on my lines and learn my lines, um, and trying to do it while I was juggling to try and get like a, a level of like coordination and sort of, um, something like that. And I'm a really bad juggler. I can't really juggle. So <laughs> I'd set myself an impossible task already. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, but uh, I think, I think it was, um, uh, I think naturally a lot of it came kind of instinctively to me as, as we went along and as we developed the language of how we were going to use the puppet, um, uh, and to get to do it a second time at MCC is such a gift because uh, mm. now I, I know how to use I used it all through the run at Soho Rep. And it just feels like this time I'm able to, I'm able to have even more fun. I understand the puppet even more. It's, it's, it's just, uh, um, yeah. But there's a cool exercise people do with puppets early on where you, um, you know, you, you breathe, you match your breathing essentially with the puppet as you're moving the puppet, puppet. And it's a really kind of profound way of connecting with it because uh, to be so aware of breath and, and, and matching your own breath to, to how, you, and how you move the puppet at the same time and synchronizing it is almost like mm -hmm. a form of like connecting and bonding with it that's really, I find, I find really powerful and really moving. Oh, that's fascinating that you're breathing with the puppet. How does, cause I think, how mm -hmm. does a puppet breathe? Yeah. <laughs> you were, yeah. Um, well, you know, just because it has to have kind of tiny movements all the time of it mm. to, to kind of make it feel 
alive, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's just a little movement there just makes it not frozen, you know, it makes it something existing. It makes it exist a little more, you know. Well, you're so invested in him. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And can you talk about MCC and what you love about it? The set is fabulous. It's beautiful theater and how you've transformed, how the set has been transformed. Why is it such a great place for Wolf Play? You know, I, when we were transferring to MCC, I was, I was like, how is this going to work? The theater at Soho Rep is so specific. It has such a specific vibe and feel. Yes. Um, the MCC theater is this incredibly, uh, incredible space. It's, it's new and amazing facility. And um, what's it going to look like here? And I remember walking into the space the first day the set was kind of basically put up and I was like, what? This is incredible. And it's a it's a testament to Dustin and the the design team and the props um, people who were able to kind of collect all that all this material and 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 all these pieces and the the great thing about moving to MCC is is I mean it's there's there's a few things in terms of one is it's a bigger space more people can see the show a lot of people didn't get to see the show last year because it was sold out in at soho and it was really hard to get tickets um and some there's a lot more people that can get to see the show the space is bigger uh essentially the configuration of the show is the the same and uh we adjusted a few little things but but yeah there's a there's a giant prop wall on one side of the set where we come out of at times we pull things from <laughs> We, uh, uh, and it's all the pieces are taken from essentially other shows, other theaters in New York, um, uh, other, um, yeah, because Dustin was really trying to figure out how to kind of move the th show from like a downtowny sort of space that Soho Rep sort of has to a uptown close to, you know, closer to Broadway sort of theatery sort of feel. So he grabbed a lot of, uh, he raided a lot of stock, uh, so a lot of prop warehouses and things like that for, for theaters in the city and grabbed pieces from shows that were on and, and, and put them all into this, all into the, into the prop wall there to kind of, um, basically move, move it to, a this newer, newer space. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been great. There's people that saw the show last year that have come back. There's people that, there's people that are seeing it for the first time. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's been, 
such a, yeah, it's been such a gift. So, I mean, huge thank you to MCC. I mean, just the refrigerator alone is, is marvelous. It, it's a real refrigerator that works. There's cold air that comes out of there, which is, which is incredible. Yeah. This yeah. Old it's a uh, refrigerator. It's really yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all, all those prop pieces are like new, new that we had a refrigerator last year, but it was old and not, not, uh, functioning. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, we just have, uh, all these new pieces to kind of play with and mess around with and, um, yeah. So I'd love to know your lightning strikes moment or lightning strikes moments you know, when you knew this was your path, you know, what led you to Yale School of Drama? How did you get there? <laughs> it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, I played a lot of sport growing up and I was pretty into sport and growing up in Australia and, and, um, and then I, we're in when Australia. I, was, oh. I grew up in Sydney. Oh, yeah. Sydney. So, yeah. It's a, have you been twice? Oh, oh yeah. It's gorgeous. It's, uh, oh, I love Australia. I, I love Sydney and yeah. The Hunter Valley uh, and South Australia oh, yeah. and Tassie and yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah, very special. Yeah, I love it. I, I miss it all the time. But it's uh, but you know, I've been lucky enough to be here for, I guess, just over ten years now. Um, but I, when I was nine, I, I'd been playing a lot of sport. But when I was nine, my I, the school I went to um, had a choir, and there the there was a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, a professional production going on in the city. Uh, that was like the big show, the big musical of the time. And uh, they were looking for kids to be the children in the show. And they auditioned, basically they auditioned um, elementary school choirs to kind of be the kids in the show. And our choir got selected. So I would go to school during the day and then every afternoon um, a bus would pick us up and take us into the city to go to the theatre and we would... I would do the show every night in um uh in the city and I just remember I uh, I vividly remember being you know uh, first of all I loved being amongst all the people and the energy the electricity all that sort of stuff but I but I also really remember uh being side stage um and in the in the wings and and smelling the the smoke and feeling the energy of you know, the audience and things like that. And, and, and I was like, this is, this is, this is incredible. This is something else. And that really, that was really the moment that kind of kicked or, or that, that was the key that unlocked the Pandora's box, I guess. And, um, uh, sent me, I mean, I still kind of did sport and did other things, but, but, that, but I started, you know, doing some theatre classes and wanting to do sh the shows at school. And, um, yeah, eventually I went to undergrad in Australia. I worked in um, music theatre a lot um, in Australia initially. And then I really wanted to do more training and wanted to come to the States and heard about the grad programs here and uh, auditioned and got into Yale. And that's what kind of brought me over to the States. So I moved here for Yale and... And um, I've been here. I've been here since then. So it's yeah, it's 
kind of been an amazing journey. Had you gone to see theater? Was it part of your life? I know you said you love sports. Was mm. were you were you know yeah. was it like part of your repertoire before then? My, I I I was. I grew up playing piano. I was playing piano at the time. I my my mum. It's interesting. My dad's side is really. My dad's an incredible drawer and amazing artist. But he, you know, he 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 was a restaurateur and kind of um, and studied as an accountant. But he ne- he never followed his art essentially. But he was an incredible drawer and artist. So he had this kind of side to him. And then my mum's side had this incredible kind of musical sort of my, my grandfather taught himself how to play the accordion and my uncle was, a, and, and, and my grandfather were amazing kind of dancer movers. And, um, you know, my family had really good ears, you know, could with music and things like that. And, and so they would, they would go to the theater, um, see things like that. But my, my aunt also used to work at the opera house in Sydney, the Sydney opera house. And as a teenager, I would, um, she would kind of go, oh, Mitch, what are you, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to come in to see this? And, you know, she would basically kind of sneak me into shows, um, back then. And so I got to kind of, I, I got to see pretty much everything that was on at the opera house for a while, um, while she was working there and which was amazing. And, uh, you know, and doing that, you see a lot of, you know, see a lot of Australian things, but you see a lot of international yeah. artists coming in as well and you see opera ballet uh you see plays it, it, it's such a mix of things there that i got to see um and yeah i th- but i think you know i loved um i loved so much early on very early on i loved the community i loved the feeling of being a part of something i loved um the being able to express uh, and and be able to be who i was and 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 um yeah there was a real kind of freedom and fun and play and uh that 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 i that i really loved about it all so yeah do you remember your audition for yale was it in the states (laughs) (laughs) it was it was it actually came about pretty um randomly i was i'd come to the u.s to i came to new york to do a little trip um and i wanted to kind of meet some people to figure out if i could move over here um, and I had coffee with three people in the, in this week and that were, that I'd kind of been connected to, or I knew somehow that were in the industry or related to the industry and all of them mentioned grad school programs to me. And I looked it up and I saw NYU and Yale were like really amazing programs. Um, and it was like, uh, applications have to be in like now. So I just threw together an application and then I saw that the auditions were happening. Um, I had to. I was going back to LA, like back on the way back to Australia, essentially, but to go back to LA. So I went back there and I drove up to San Francisco for the audition. Um, and, um, yeah, I remember kind of running monologues in the car on the drive on the way up and, uh, and then getting, getting to the audition and, um, yeah, doing the doing that, and then the callback weekends, and 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 then getting accepted, and and it it all just ha- kind of happened in these like three weeks or so, you know, really kind of three or four weeks. It was all kind of, and it just felt very like in the mo- like 
just happened at the right time and you know in the moment sort of thrown thrown together but it, i think i i was very i didn't have anything to lose i was in and i was very like just here present i guess with myself and where i was and yep i'm just going to do this and and uh um i remember going to the callback weekend at yale and and going wow this this place is special and amazing and i want to be here and and um and it happened and and i had a i had a, I had a great time there did you get to time. do just hundreds or yeah you know, if lad had dozens of plays like classics and contemporary and then and what colleagues so to have you know to meet these yeah. yeah i mean the 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 head of the program at the time this incredible uh teacher ron van Loo, who mm. when i i remember meeting him and going who are you i want to know everything you know um but he, he said that um what what makes a great program is um who you invite to teach and who you invite to be a part of the program, not the facilities, you know, it was like, that's, and, and really I loved my, the faculty, the teachers and uh, that I had at Yale, but, but you learn so much and you get so much from your peers and who, who you're with. You've got, it's one of, you're one of 16 and everyone is incredibly passionate, incredibly driven, incredibly, um, um, you know, just chomping at the bit to kind of get in to do things and play and make and get better. And so it's just an incredible environment, but I, we, yeah, I did so many, so many shows and all variety over. I mean, you do them during Yale, Yale has, I mean, you're doing Shakespeare, you're doing, um, Ibsen, all, all those classics you're doing, but then Yale also has the Yale cabaret, which runs through the year, which is student run. And, Every year, it's a different sort of theme or a different sort of artistic directors. It's a different artistic director, student team, and in that, students pitch projects that they want to do, um, and they can be anything. And so, you end up doing a lot of, you know, different kinds of shows. Some things are a little more like experimental, if you will. Some are a little more musical. Some are dancey. Some are, you know, text. But you know, it's it's some are. There was a. I remember there being like a puppeteery sort of show there too. So there's a lot of variety and, and um, yeah, you get exposed to a lot, which is awesome. What was the monologue that you auditioned with or monologues? <laughs> I, I did a few, but the, the, the one that I, um, uh, that was my, that was my kind of piece, real piece was um, this monologue from a play called Road by Jim Cartwright. It's a British play about, and it's the play has a, a whole different, a bunch of different scenes, um, essentially slices of life in this town, this working class town in um, Northern England. And, uh, but the, I did a monologue that was from this character who um, essentially was a neo-Nazi skinhead who would go out every weekend and like just get into fights because he wanted the thrill of the fight. And then uh, he one weekend he goes out and he's kind of getting into this kind of brawl, but he has this kind of epiphany moment and and almost like out of body experience moment, and it changes him and he, he essentially from that moment on becomes like like a monk. Oh, essentially. So it's it's <gasps> like he 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 gets the same 
enlightenment or he gets this enlightenment and thrill and presence or something by being by meditation and things like that um so it's kind of a it's an amazing amazing monologue with with a crazy kind of journey within it but but um yeah that was my piece that was that was uh i realized afterwards it was too long it was over the time limit but uh um for some reason they didn't stop me and uh and it worked out okay and where did you go to school in australia in australia i went to WAPA, which is the western australian academy of performing arts it's a amazing school there for i did music theater in undergrad yeah. um and it's kind of like the premier music theater program in australia um so i got a lot of which was a, it was a great school it's in perth in western australia oh in the west um, yeah in the west yeah 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 and so um yeah, from that I got a lot of opportunity in, in music theatre initially, and and um, which I loved. I I loved it. It was like I still I still do love musicals um, here and there, but I um, yeah, I kind of it. I guess my I I guess I I, I I'm interested in lots of things. I yeah. I, I felt like I was getting a little stuck in one thing there and I, I wanted to kind of broaden again and expand. And, and I mean, ideally I'd like, I, I'd like, I, I kind of would like to do lots of different things, you know? So. Is there a, yeah. a, a role you're aching to play in musical theater in the play? Does it, is it yet to be written or is there a cla a role that you're like, Oh yeah. Wish I could be Henry Hill or, you know, or Sweeney mm, Todd mm. one, one day down the road. You're, Interesting. You know, you're, you know, that's wild down the road. But, um, you know, yeah, is it yeah, a yeah. part? You're, you you know, know, I... I that you played uh, that you're like, I love I, that role. I've got two parts to this this answer. One is, um, I guess, while I was at Yale, I got to do George in Sunday in the Park with George. <gasps> Um, oh, and gosh. that was, uh, an incredible experience and role. And I love, I, I loved it so much. I, and it's, it's a, it's, it's I want to do it again. It's a show that I, and a role that I would love to do again. Um, um, but then the other part of the story, I think is, I think I'm, uh, I'm half Chinese half and half Chinese, half Australian. And I, I'm always looking, I'm always watching and looking for things that, um, that represent or speak to me and, and or where I can see myself. And, and, uh, I'm thinking a lot about this at the moment as well. And with everything everywhere all at once and the, the, um, the response and, and the, the deserving, um, accolades that they're receiving. And I just think it's so, amazing and 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 i i i just i i just want yes yes more 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 you know i i i want um i want that to 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 just be there and and so yeah i think there's um there's a role that i really want to play sometime that's going to be written sometime um that might involve someone who's who who's mixed race too and and can um uh yeah so i i'm excited to to, to play it oh that's <laughs> so beautiful yeah i think about you saying finishing the hat too my gosh with so many be move on and you know which brings yes. 
back when you talk about mixed race, I mean, there's so much in Wolf play about race, about culture. Um, is it hard to put into words how the experience of doing Wolf play has changed you? You know, it is hard to put into words. I think in one way it's, it's, it's putting, it's changed me a lot because I think that personally it's changed me because Dustin and Hansel are amazing collaborators and they, they're, they're people who um, allow you to bring everything that you are to what you're doing and they, whoever you are as an artist, they want to they want to bring that out and bring that to the fore and i think the play really allows a lot of like everyone in the play is amazing and 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 is able to bring them so much of themselves to and to their roles and their characters and i think that's amazing and and it'll and so it's it's given me so much permission and backing and in myself as an artist and 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 and, and what i have to offer um but then the other side of it is yeah, I'm, I see people after the show all the time, uh, or I run into people in the street um, at different things, and and I, I see a lot of Asian Americans uh, who are at the show, and yeah. they have such a connection or such a, a powerful response to it. And it's, uh, I mean, even the other day, I'm, uh, someone who approached me afterwards is a playwriting an actor MFA doing the playwriting actor MFA at uh, Brown at the moment. And, you know, he seemed so moved and so inspired by the show and by what I was doing in it too. And, and if it, if it, if it can make people feel a little, just even a tiny bit of like, like a little bit of like wonder or a little bit of like, Oh my gosh, the possibility, a little bit of possibility, if it can, instill even a little bit of that or then that's incredible and 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 i just notice it so much because this i think a lot of asian americans are coming to the show and that's an that's a an amazing thing and i i think that's that's what happens when you when you um have shows like this and 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 even shows like k-pop on broadway that brings brings another audience a wider audience in it's like such a so important it's so important um so, yeah. It's such a beautiful love story too. I mean, on many levels. It's and every mm-hmm. character is so well drawn and three dimensional and multifaceted, and it's there's an uplifting it's, element and also a heartbreaking element all at once, and a whimsical element, and it's really a yeah. beautiful play and. Yeah, I feel like all the characters are very human and fully fleshed out, three dimensional. They're, they're very. Um, it's hard to. It's. It's. I think as an audience member, you can kind of understand or or empathize with each character in the play in a strong way. It's a testament to the other actors and you know yes. to the actors in the sh- in the show to bring that humanity to to it all. Um, and yeah, I I, th- I think that that makes it for makes it a really complex and kind of um uh, yeah it's hard to know who to root for in the show you know because yeah. because the everyone has their moments and everyone has um yeah but but yeah i i it is a it is 
Um, I do often think of the show as a love as a love story for for Jinu and and the wolf falling in love with, um, you know, Ash and Rob and some of the other characters in the show. Yes, yeah. and in the end, what's so profound is that Jinu has my heart. A puppet has my heart, and that says so much about you and your performance and the play and the ensemble. Thank you so, so much for coming on, Mitchell. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. The theme song was written by Tom McGovern. This episode was edited by Kyle Moore. This episode was produced by Anna Stroud. When lightning strikes. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.